Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. We are back just like I said that I would be. There's so much to talk about, too, this week. This has been one of them weeks where it's just like, okay, like information like overload. But before we get into everything and we get pop locking and dropping, I do want to let you guys know to tune in to Brunching with Edick and Lise. And that episode actually did drop on September 27th. So take a look at that. It is on Facebook. You need to go to Charm City Direct TV or Millennials Anonymous Podcast. You can also find it on YouTube on Charm City Direct TV. I don't know when E uploads it, but it should be sometime <laughs> uploading it so that you can watch it and pop, drop it, drop it, listen to me, drop it and lock it. Okay. So what are we talking about? How about all the King's men? So we're going to talk about uh, people that are in very powerful places. And when things all kind of fall apart, you start to see what has actually been going on. So with that being said, we are going to talk about impeachment. So we are going to talk about Donald Trump and what's going on so far and whether or not I think that this is a good idea. Will this backfire on Democrats in the long run? Or whatever. So we're going to talk about that and kind of give you some nuggets of what's going on and everything. And then we're going to also talk about uh, Beyonce claiming that Blue Ivy is a cultural icon. So she's trying to get the trademark of her name. Somebody else actually has the name Blue Ivy. It's like a company that's been out for, for a couple of years and she can't trademark it because of that company. And so she's trying to trademark it and her like response to it all is that Blue Ivy is a cultural icon. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So let's get, and if I have some time, I'll talk about Antonio Brown and all the craziness that is Antonio Brown. Even though I've been saying I've been going to talk about Antonio Brown for a while and it just, I, I haven't gotten around to it. But anyway, Let's start it out talking a little bit about uh, impeachment. So this week has started off with a bang. The Democrats finally decided to grow a little bit of a backbone and they are going to do something about what's been going on as opposed to in the past. It seems like Democrats kind of knew it was wrong, but they really didn't do anything about it. And I'm not saying that you should jump the gun on impeachment all like like it seems like from the beginning people were saying oh you need to impeach him and I'm like well that doesn't really work like that you know because you can impeach somebody in the house and not be able to actually impeach them in the senate and so and because the senate is mostly republican and it's a republican held senate you're probably not gonna impeach him and so he's not gonna leave so that doesn't really make sense for that to be the first thing you jump to everything can't be from one to z like from zero to a hundred like we can't have that that's not how you should govern that's not what you should do so in that sense i think speaker nancy pelosi did the right thing uh kind of weighing the options and making sure that she's doing the right thing before she actually pulls the like the trigger on this but I think now is time I I think that doing the impeachment proceedings will at least at the very least show the White House that they can't just do whatever because there was this notion I think he said it in a in an interview recently that he thought he could do whatever he wants and that's not how this works so he can't just do whatever he wants and gets away with it and this will put the United States in some issue with Natural, nat, I'm just say natural authority. 
national national or internationally it can put us in jeopardy because if somebody finds out that he's doing this they could clearly blackmail him into kind of keeping this a secret and then we're hearing things like you know Donald Trump potentially or President Donald Trump potentially could have said this and done this with other foreign leaders. And so now we are getting into a slippery slope area of what the hell is actually going on. And then you have his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who I don't know if he's still an attorney. I don't know. He can't be. He can't be an actual attorney. But if he is, you have Rudy Giuliani, who is going out saying, I am a hero. I will be a hero in the Trump whistleblower saga. Now, I don't know what's going on with Rudy Giuliani. I remember I was old enough to remember 9-11. So I remember seeing him as a national hero. I remember people looking at him as a national hero. I remember that. This was before I I knew, I think uh, he may have, been dating his cousin or something like this is something like that this is way before all the weird stuff started to come out and I started to realize the weirdness that is Rudy Giuliani because apparently he's been kind of a strange dude for a long time I think we just kind of overlooked it because of 9-11 but now we're starting to see it again like you have not only do you have a president that doesn't really understand or grasp the needs of the office and he doesn't understand law, he doesn't understand foreign policy, he doesn't understand basic, just common courtesy, he doesn't understand any of that. And so now not only do you take someone like that, you put him around a bunch of other people that do not know what is going on. And when you have that, you are going to have an absolute positive disaster. And that is what we have seen. That is what we're starting to see. And so I think at this point in the game, we're only at the surface and we're going to start to see what actually is going on. And more and more people that are in the White House are going to realize that in or in his administration are going to realize that I have to live after this. There will be in a post-Trump era. And what does that look like? Do I want to be known only for this Trump era where things and the truth is kind of skewed and things are not normal anymore? Like, I can't wait to turn on MSNBC to go back to the normal, boring news. I didn't watch. I listen. I didn't even watch MSNBC and CNN like that. Now I watch it like it's a a thriller, a drama series or something. Like, I didn't used to watch this. It was boring. And now it's like, you just never know what's going to happen. Like, oh, my goodness, the president just threatened to kill potential spies. Like, those are the types of things that you see now. It really seems like a movie. So when you're starting to see all the things kind of unfold, unfold it's not new because this is kind of what happened with the Mueller report in 20 2016 elections it just was a different country it was Russia's trying to help Trump get elected it, it was the Russians and then you know the whole debacle with that with all of the fallout with all the people that were involved we had a couple people that actually went to prison uh, although Donald Trump seems to think that the Mueller report was an absolute bust I don't think that But now, because it wasn't that he said that he was innocent. It was that they can't prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt, which is funny to me when you have this. Like, how did y'all not get any of this? But okay, Um, or wind of it. But I guess he made the call the day after the Mueller report was released or he testified. So this was the day after. Um, But with that being said, 
he he made a call and he kind of asked for a favor for from Ukraine, a country who is in need of U.S. aid to be able to defend, defend itself against Russia, who has come in and pretty much taken over or annexed Crimea. And so these are things that are happening in real time. So they need help. So when you have a power that or a, com- a country that has that type of leverage and you're asking them to do you a favor, whether you ask nicely or whether you push him or whether you call him names or whatever you want to say, you're still using your power over them and you put them in a situation where they don't have a choice but you know if they really want these arms that you know they were talking about in order to defend themselves they need the aid you need i want to i will need you to release the aid the only way that you can do that is if if i do what you want me to do which is to help you in your efforts which should never happen. A United States sitting president or anybody in the United States government should not be asking a foreign power or foreign leader in order to help them fulfill one personal gain and then two meddle in U.S. elections. That should not be happening at any cost. So this is an interesting thing that we are starting to uncover. And then you see some people on Fox News that are actually still, they know that Trump did it, there's no denying it and that's what you're starting to see that a lot of republicans are not they it's not a lot they can defend because clearly he said it he did it and he has more leaks coming out of his administration and any event that he goes into than a full diaper like you know they just had the recording of him talking at some type of fundraiser or something where he's saying like you know what we used to do back in the day with spies and you know we should they should be killed or we used to kill them and stuff like that and he wasn't talking about the whistleblower he actually was talking about the people in his administration he's saying that the whistleblower wasn't directly involved but my thing is I thought that he wasn't supposed to know who the whistleblower was or he shouldn't have that information or they said he did not have that information so that part I, I don't I don't know they also are not protecting this whistleblower. So who knows what will happen to the whistleblower? They said that, you know, he couldn't testify. The director of Nat- um, national intelligence that, that the whistleblower can testify before Congress. But he never said whether or not he was going to protect him. Because usually whistleblowers shouldn't, you know, be subject to lose their job and stuff like that. And he didn't really say that. So I don't know what will become of the whistleblower. I don't know what will happen to him or her. But I think a couple of people kind of slipped up and said he. I was watching one of these, some show, and it was somebody that was in the meeting or something, and they said he. So I'm going to assume this is a him. But the good thing about the whistleblower is that they have witnesses or potential people that could corroborate what they're saying. And so this, I think we're starting to get somewhere. And I think this actually might be the beginning to the end. Now, I hope that this pans out, but sometimes you can't worry about what your political outcome will be when something is just wrong. You just have to do the right thing. And I think this, in this instance, this is where you do the right thing. And I think that it, for to me, I think it will pan out because you're going to see things. So right now, according to MSNBC Morning Joe, Russia hopes that the White House doesn't release the Trump-Putin call transcripts. So there's so much more coming. There's been a 13-point swing in favor of impeachment. 
you know, of this, this President Trump poll, like things are starting to take a turn. So I think his finally that I can stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and get away with it. I think we're starting to get further and further away from that, you know, crazy reality. And people are starting to get out of the delusion. I don't know, maybe they're starting to put the Kool-Aid down. I'm not sure. But it's getting to one of those things where people are starting to open their eyes and things are starting to happen. You're seeing the cracks form in the Republican Party in defense of Trump's behavior on Ukraine because there's not really a lot you can say there. He clearly said it in the call. He asked very blatantly, not only did he mention Attorney General Barr's name several times in this report, he also asked for a favor in the same call. And then, of course, he mentioned Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son. And then he also mentioned Rudy Giuliani. And so these are things that shouldn't be happening in a call. And I'm pretty sure all the presidents in the past have made calls that we probably would get, like, clutch our pearls if we listen to it. But it's just one thing when you have a president of the United States that is just kind of rogue. And he just kind of does what he wants. And I didn't want to believe it, but I'm starting to think that Bill Maher is on to something when he's saying that he doesn't think that he's going to leave if it does become the time comes. I don't know, because the fact that he hasn't really taken this seriously, like the impeachment inquiries, it's like he's kind of like brushing it off his shoulder, which I mean, I guess he could since no one really understands all the intricacies of this impeachment. I guess there's not really, you know, a lot of clarity about how this works and you know what happens next but it is something that if he took the office seriously that I think he would also take this process seriously whether he believes he's innocent or not like this is definitely something that it's a serious thing and it should be taken seriously it's not something that should be taken lightly and then another thing that I'd want to mention is that I would love to see people stop saying that people are flip-flopping so they've been asking a lot of the democratic candidates which Sidebar to a sidebar, Democratic candidates, please don't act happy about this because it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. Like I saw Kamala was like laughing about like, don't do that. It's not going to help you at all. So just kind of keep it straightforward to the point. But I, I really think that we've just gotten into a place, right? We, we've just gotten into a place where... <laughs> We've got to look at how divisive the country has become that we have people that still want to defend this behavior at any cost. Like I said, there are cracks forming, but there's still a lot of that. And a lot of people are still kind of saying, well, if a person flip flops. So if they say I didn't support impeachment and now they do, you're seeing people say, oh, well, look at them. They, you know, and like Kellyanne Conway said that uh, Speaker Pelosi was being such a woman because she keeps changing her mind. I was like, it's not that she changed her mind because I saw her on Morning Joe and she did a very good job of explaining why it, the circumstances change. We got more information. It's one of those times where it's time to make a judgment call. It is time to step up to the next level. This is a next level stuff. This is not like he could have said it. He, she might have said it. It's he said it and then he admitted to it. And then Judy, Rudy Giuliani admitted to it. And then they admitted to it again. So this is not something that is kind of could be taken up for debate. It's what happened. And so that's why 
you can be at one place one day and then the next day the circumstances change and so your response to it changes. Why can't that be the case? Just saying. We've just gotten to a place where we're so divisive that you're either right or you're wrong and people can't evolve on an issue or think about it. Like, it's fine. I don't consider that flip-flopping. I consider that weighing all your options and looking at all the information and doing some research. So I love that. I hope people continue to understand where they want to be based on actual fact. I love that. Just saying. I'm just saying. So over the next couple of days, we're going to get more information on this. On the next couple of days, we will figure out what's actually going on and what actually becomes of this. Whether he actually gets out of office, I seriously doubt it. I think he will actually do the completion of his full term. I hope that we beat him in the polls. Um, in the voting booth uh, as opposed to doing it this way because I think this way still will leave a lot up for debate and like I said right now I think it's like a 50-50 split on whether people want to see him impeached or not even though I just want to know who is they doing these polls because they don't I don't never get a poll I ain't never got an email I ain't never got nobody ask me nothing I'm just trying to figure out who are the people that's filling this out I'm just saying anywho let's move right along and let's talk a little bit about Blue Ivy and why she's considered a cultural icon. So Beyonce, her mom, the Queen Bay, and like I said, I'm going to be very careful about this because I do have the Beehive membership. Um, and I don't want to lose my card. You know, I've worked hard for my card and I don't want to lose it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying not to lose it. So Beyonce, I'm going to be very careful. Beyonce's firstborn child is currently in a battle to have her name trademark. I said a business, but it looks like it's a wedding planner, uh, Veronica Morales. And she has been in this battle to trademark Miss Blue Ivy's name since 2017 in order to be able to put like her name on products and you know, have like a website and all of that type of stuff. Like she just wants her to be the only Blue Ivy. She doesn't want to have Blue Ivy and then it pop up the wedding planner and then Blue Ivy Carter. So she wants just the name Blue Ivy altogether. She wants to trademark it so she can make some, some more money. So here's the thing. According to court documents obtained by the Blast, Queen Bee has been embroiled in a trademark battle since 2017 with the wedding planner Veronica Morales, whose company is named Blue Ivy Events. Morales claims that the formation singer doesn't intend to use the trademark and her business would be hurt if she trademarked her daughter's name. It also goes on to say that... Uh, Blue, like it says, but the 23-time Grammy Award winner urges her trademark application for Blue Ivy Carter, not Blue Ivy. And so she's saying that she wouldn't take away the Blue Ivy brand. She just is trademarking Blue Ivy Carter. So she said here that Blue Ivy Carter is a cultural icon who has been described as a mini style star and has been celebrated for her fashion moments over the years, noted the documents. Her life and activities are followed extensively by the media and the public. The court document also states that Morales claims that the consumers are likely to confuse, be confused between a wedding, a bouquet wedding event, a boutique wedding event, excuse me, a boutique wedding event, listen to me, bouquet, boutique wedding event 
planning business and Blue Ivy Carter, the daughter of the two most famous performers in the world. She says it is frivolous and should be refused in its entirety. So Beyonce's empire can be uh, compared to Morales' small business that only has three regional offices and a handful of employees. So what are my thoughts on this? Now, one, I, I try to support my my business people, my small business people. It is a hard thing to have a small business. It's, it's a hard thing to go out on a limb and start a business. So I understand where you're coming from. Also, Blue Ivy, I guess, or Beyonce is also a businesswoman. So I guess it goes both ways. One is a big business. One is a small business, but it's a business nonetheless. I don't know if I would consider Blue Ivy called Carter a cultural icon. I think that's a little heavy, Beyonce. She may be a cultural icon later on down the road, but right now, I just don't see that. I think right now, she's just a little girl that should be able to live her life. I didn't know she was known for her fashion. I That, I didn't know. I think this is where a lot of the nepotism in Hollywood goes awry. Because I think sometimes just because you are born to famous and rich parents, you automatically become celebrity. You automatically have this sense of hierarchy and I'm somehow more important than everybody else. I don't mean no harm. She's a cute little girl, probably a smart little girl, but she's just that. And I think that she should probably stay a little girl for as long as she can, because to me, I've seen children that kind of grow up faster than they should. And I've never seen an instant where it turned out good. So it's good to have children just be children. I don't know why you need to trademark the name Uh, Blue Ivy. I, I... unless blue ivy herself wants to get into the industry but the little girl is seven so i'm like she who knows what she wants to do when she gets older i think they're kind of pushing her into the life whether you know when you have parents that are that famous and rich you don't need talent you don't need anything i'm not saying that she doesn't have it but i'm saying you don't need anything in order to become successful so maybe she wants to maybe she wanted to be a chemist or something maybe this is not it maybe this is not where she want to go? Maybe she doesn't want to be a business owner. Maybe she want to be a doctor. Like, and if she want to be a doctor, then that has nothing to do with Blue Ivy. She don't need to trademark her name. I, I think at this point, Miss Morales is being a little bit ridiculous when she's saying you can't trademark Blue Ivy Carter. That part, I think her just being a little selfish. That's that little girl's name. She should be able to do whatever she wants with her name. I'm pretty sure Blue Ivy Carter is probably the only Blue Ivy Carter in the world that was born in 2012 or 2013. It's probably some Blue Ivy Carters out there now, but back then it wasn't. So she should have the rights to her name, um, Blue Ivy Carter. I don't think that the boutique should be able to stop her from using Blue Ivy Carter. Blue, taking and trademarking Blue Ivy, which the fashion or wedding planner already has on her stuff she already is selling stuff that has blue ivy on it and then you know you don't want to get into a legal battle with beyonce about blue ivy when you can say okay well you know you using blue ivy's name and you're profiting off of her cultural icon status and all this other bs so i understand again where she's coming from with the blue ivy part but let the little girl have the blue ivy carter let her have the blue ivy carter let beyonce put blue ivy carter on her email and all that other stuff. I think that's the fair trade-off. But I will say that I personally, I don't want mine revoked. I love Beyonce to here and back to the moon and the stars. But Blue Ivy, to me, is not a cultural icon. I don't even know what that means. 
like I said, cute child, seems like a very nice child, very, you know, smart little girl, but cultural icon, I think is a bit heavy. It's a bit heavy. So let's pump the brakes on that and um, we'll, we'll reconvene at a later time because I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not following that. But I do think she should be able to let her have Blue Ivy Carter, let the boutique get Blue Ivy and let's call it a day. Because we've been battling about this for two years now. And that's a lot of money and time for a small business. So let's just, let's, let's, there you go. If I was the judge, it would have been over with. See what I'm saying? I'm so good. And we were going to talk about Antonio Brown. Well, I'm not going to talk about him. I think he deserves a little bit more time now that he's not working and he, he's not in the NFL. He said he, he was quit the NFL and he's going back to school. And, you know, I, I you know, he's now with DeBry or wherever he is. No, I'm playing. Let me stop. I, I don't know where he's going to school at. But he's an interesting fellow. It looks like him and Eric Weddle um, have gotten into it online. Some tweets have gone back and forth about, you know, him not playing and carrying on because he keeps saying that the game needs him. I don't know if the game needs him as much as he needs the game. I think in his mind he figured that, but it looks like he may actually win the settlement of the $9 million against the Patriots. It looks like he might get his money. He might get his $9 million signing bonus. He's not going to get the rest of the money from Oakland, but he he might get his $9 million from the Patriots. It looks like that might actually happen. I think Robert Kraft should probably just write him the check and call it a day. $9 million to Robert Kraft is pennies. It's, it's uh, marbles. He got it, write it, let him, you know, write it, sign it, let him go, you know, and so that he can go off in the sunset and, you know, get his degree. And I think they said his class was like gym or something. So I don't know if he's going to become like a gym teacher or maybe you can get a degree in football. I, I have no idea. But whatever it is he's doing, I wish him luck. I hope that he gets his behaviors together because it seems like he has a history of problematic behavior I'm not saying whether I'm I'm for I I don't know I'm not the judge in the case of what's going on but I will say that he does seem to have problematic behavior whether he was with the Patriots whether what he did with the young lady was the artist whether he did with the young lady who he may may or may have not been dating at some point the gymnast Miss Brittany Taylor I you know I don't that he had the doctor that he kept farting in the doctor's face, the team doctor's face. Like these, these are just things he's not paying his contractors. It look like he stiffed his aquarium people and a couple other people. He stiffed on money. Like it was like a catering bill or something like that over 30 grand. So he just has some bad behaviors. It doesn't necessarily make him a bad person. It seems like he does need to immature. It seems like, and it looks like I'm talking about Antonio Brown anyway, but let, let's just keep it going. We will do it. I'll give me, give me two more minutes. And I think that he just needs someone in his corner, in his life, that is going to actually be that sound reason. I don't know if he has that because right now he might have a lot of people that are not going to tell him no or you shouldn't do that. I know I had this conversation with somebody else and he was like, well, he has teammates. But I was like, his teammates are not going to take the time out unless he's playing on the field to say, hey, man, 
you know, you doing a lot. And I'm pretty sure with the behavior that Antonio Brown has, he's probably going to come back at him like, this is none of your business. What are you talking about? So I don't think that a peer should do it. I think he should have someone that's maybe like a, an older person in his life, maybe a mother or father or grandparent that can actually come in and say, hey, Antonio, you're doing a lot. Let's, you know, you, you need to sit down a little bit, like take some breaths, like get off social media, get yourself together. And then we can regroup so that you can prove that you're not this horrible person that the world is kind of shaping you into be and making you out to be in the media. That's just not who you are. You're just kind of misinformed or whatever. So I think if he's able to kind of take a break, maybe get somebody in his corner or in his square that, that could do that he might be able to come back who knows who knows he's still a great player so I don't know if it's that he won't play anymore even though once you leave the Patriots and this I did say this the other week once you leave the Patriots and they can't play with him he's probably not going to play with anybody else because they've been able to take troublemakers and make them phenomenal and they weren't able to do that with him although he played very well in that one game he played with the Patriots so he might play again especially if you have a desperate team and no, he's not quit forever. I think he's just quitting now, sort of like Nicki Minaj in retirement. And we knew that retirement wasn't going to last. She didn't came out with another song and everything. She, she, she'd be back. Just like him, as soon as somebody come, he'd be back. So this has been Millennials Anonymous Podcast. And we will be back again next week. It will actually pop off on the right day on Tuesday of next week. You will get a session. But I just had to go on and rant because it was a lot going on this week. And I didn't get a chance to do that. And tune in to Brunching with E-Digger and Lise. That came on on the 27th at 12, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch it on Charm City Direct TV and Millennials Anonymous Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. And you can watch Millennials Anonymous Podcast comes out on every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Millennials Anonymous Podcast. And that's the video version. You can find the audio version on Tuesdays as well. Sometimes maybe on Monday. Just keep that a secret. But anyway, this has been Brunching. Not brunching. Listen to me. <laughs> this has been Millennials Anonymous with Lise. Bye.